Welcome to Plugged and Unplanned with Tony Nash. I'm the CEO of Booktopia, and today I'm very excited because I have an author, a friend of mine, Gabby Leibovich, CEO, founder of Catch, Catch of the Day originally, and uh, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. He's written uh, a book. He can now call himself an author as well as a successful entrepreneur. And the, his new book is called Catch of the Decade. And it's subtitled, How to Launch, Build, and Sell a Digital Business. Now, for those of you who know me and and know entrepreneurship and uh, have a passion for it, this is a book for all of us. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, this is my uh, first podcast, uh, you know, since the uh, announcement of the book on the 1st of October, and I'm planning to do many more. So let's hope that uh, that we do well today. Yeah, right. thanks. And and congrats. And of course, uh, to also to your brother, Hezzy, because he's named on the book as well. So he's not with us today on this on this chat session, but he's been with you all the way. It's the two of you, uh, family the same as Booktopia. Yeah, absolutely. It's a story of uh, two brothers with, uh, you know, strong accents that started with uh, absolutely nothing. And in the book, we talk about the, uh, you know, the benefits of uh, of doing it with someone else. And there's uh, so many of them. And uh, but one of the most interesting one is uh, it's, it's a lot more fun doing it with someone else than uh, doing it, uh, you know, by yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? I mean, the, the two of you, I mean, I know Hezzy, probably not as well as I know you, of course, but you're a bit, um, I won't say chalk and cheese, you're aligned. Um, my brother and I are the same, and my brother-in-law is different again. Having that, going into business with a partner, be it family or not, and to have those different attributes, those different drivers, has that has that been uh, easy for you guys to work with, um, or has there been has there been battle rooms around the dinner table um, on a in a weekend at a barbecue? How how have you guys found, navigated your way through that? Tony, I'll start with a line that was uh, said by our first employee, Vijay Bala, after 10 years of knowing us in the business. And Vijay said the following, this business would not have succeeded with two Gabbies uh, or with two Hezis. It really needed one of each. Uh, Hezi hates PR and marketing. Uh, he doesn't even have his photo on LinkedIn. Uh, but Hezi knows that I will be doing the PR and marketing for the book, and I'll be doing the PR and marketing for the next business that will hopefully launch in, you know, 2021, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it may be. But I know that Hezi has a lot of other skills in building the uh, skeleton of the business because I am very non-technical, and he loves the technical side of the business. Uh, I can continue on forever, but I've got my set of skills. He's got his set of skills. We all know what uh, we are good at, and we also admit to our weaknesses at what we are not so good at. And uh, it's great to be able to have two uh, contrasting, and, and, you know, I would describe us as chalk and cheese in, in many, many ways. On the flip side, there's a lot of similarities. Both of us have a very strong uh, risk gene. We like taking risks. Um and, uh, you know, the most important thing, being brothers, we have complete trust. We never argue about money, uh, but we argue about lots of other things. But those arguments come from love to the business. And, uh, and, and, and we will fight forever if we believe in something. But at the end of the day, uh, it's all for the, you know, it has to be win, win, win for us, the business and the consumer. Mm. One of the things, actually, I always talk about double win-win, four wins, and employees as well. And one of the things that you guys have done very well is attracting others. It's not just about, oh, I've got a, I've got a brother or a sister or a cousin or a mate. Uh, you need to be able to bring in other executives and leaders and empower them. You guys have done that well. Booktopia has done it well as well. It's not just about the family. Just talk a little bit, a bit about that because employees need to feel that they are winning as well because it's not sustainable if you if you go if you churn through your team what what have you noticed yeah. with your own journeys and your own businesses that you've had yeah absolutely right i mean catch is known for great culture and it's not something that just happens it's uh, we've been doing it for 14 years and people have loved working for us they loved coming to work every day 
Uh, you know, lots of people call Monday as a shit day. I think Monday is a shit day only if you got a shit job, you know. If you love coming to work and you have lots of great people working with you and you enjoy the challenge and you get your great remunerated in, in many ways, then, then, then work should be uh, a lot of fun. I'll, uh, I'll tell you what it says in the last page of the book. So the book talks about 200 bite-sized nuggets uh, we call catches. Throughout the book, we talk about 20-plus uh, longer-style uh, lessons that we have learned throughout the years. But the last page of the book basically puts it all together. And uh, these are the lines. It's all about the people, those, you know, four words. Uh, we always believed in surrounding ourselves with smart people. We always uh, believed in saying and, and knowing what we know and knowing what we don't know. Just like I mentioned earlier, I'm not very technical and my brother doesn't care about PR or logistics. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we have the best logistics people, the best PR and the best marketing and the best customer service. And, uh, you know, the famous line in business, you know, surround yourself with smart people and don't tell them what to do. I believe it was said by, uh, you know, by the founder of Amazon. Uh, and, 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 and we certainly believe in that. And from what I've heard, you believe in that. I've been to your warehouse. I've seen the way it operates. Uh, you see lots of happy, you know, happy, happy faces around. And um, I think I think that's what it's all about. You know, mm. I mean. We live once we want to surround yourself with good people we want to have a good time and we want to enjoy it together with uh with with a team having 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 been at home for the last year number one because it's corona number two is because we sold the business the part that i miss the most tony is actually going to work and being surrounded by 200 of what i call my friends and and going with them for a walk around the park or for uh, hummus in the in the local restaurants i really miss that tony mm. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm sure your wife misses you being out of the house as well. She's like, <laughs> like, go write a book so you can uh, keep yourself busy, which is what you've done. And it's interesting having uh, being a book retailer, which of course uh, Booktopia is. Yeah, uh, there are many books that we have where you just destroyed the customer's purchasing um, decision by telling the last line in the book. But thankfully, with your book, Catch of the Decade, um, by knowing the last line of the book. Is irrelevant because it's the 200 nuggets that you've got in the book that people need to buy need to know because if you've got your own business and i assume even if you're an employee of a business not necessarily even an entrepreneur that there's things in there initiatives uh tactics strategies uh, that um that as a as a hopefully as a as a strategic member of that of that organization they can read those yeah. and still implement them and 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 make it make an impact would that be right yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the book, we talk about anything that's got to do with business and, and startup. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a buyer and a trader, so we talk about buying and trading. But we also talk about PR and how to uh, how to talk to reporters and how to get PR for your business when you're a David playing in uh, in, in the world of Goliaths. Uh, something that I know you, uh, you believe in very firmly is uh, applying for awards and going to events and conferences and how important it is. And when you win awards, you need to scream it to the whole world and tell them how good you are. Uh, because, you know, Booktopia is playing in the, in, in the world of Amazon and, and, and you need to find a, a point of differentiation. Uh, we talk about marketing and branding and uh, building, uh, you know, changing uh, into a new logo. We talk about uh, raising money and the whole investment process. Talking about logistics and building a, a robotic warehouse. Uh, we launched a robotic warehouse and we spent $20 million on it back in 2014. I know that you were very a very early adapter as well, Tony. And, uh, you know, there's a saying in... Uh they're saying that in 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 Hebrew, you know, if 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 you uh, cook during the week, you will eat on the Sabbath, you know. And uh, we've been cooking for a long time, Tony. And now, uh, you know, we we we're reaping the benefits while a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, you know bricks and mortar you know retailers are, are really struggling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we always knew that e I mean, everyone knew that e-commerce was growing, but the pandemic is definitely. Um, you know, issued a a a, a huge headline that uh, that's that's the future, and the the rest of the world was already ahead, is ahead of us still in terms of the penetration and e-commerce. But one of the things I wanted to check in with you, which is 
I mean, you're, you're saying for startups, but actually it's beyond startup as well. It's, it's I mean, you, you, I know that um, Jeff Bezos says, says um, in his um, financial annual report, he always puts uh, day one. Um, it, it was still at day one in their business, which, um, which is a, which is a reminder that you always need to be thinking afresh and and not assuming that you've you've made it. Which is so startup is one one part of it, but then you're talking about going through the various levels of growth and various levels of 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 um, you know metamorphosis change. You have to actually change as you get from one level to the next, and you've got to be able to let that go. The the funding part of it. I mean, when when you started, you like us, you started off with nothing. Um, and and sales generated money that then was able to be reinvested exactly like Booktopia. But one of the things that you did, which Booktopia um, took a lot longer to do, was was um, able to get funding. Is there any anything you can share with us today about um, you know what why that why funding why you got funding and others you probably saw you getting funding and others weren't getting funding and you were going but all you had to do was this. Or you had to have this mindset. Is there anything that uh, that you guys did to get that over others? Look, I'll tell you. I mean, this is pretty much what happened. So you started your whole uh, questions with uh, the talk about uh, growing pains. So we've built a business, not even thinking about the word exit and not even understanding what the word exit means. Tony, when I started the business, I didn't even know what CFO stood for. You know, we were traders selling on eBay 100 products a day, 200 products a day, 300, and it just kept on growing. Uh, it grew by word of mouth. Our, um, you know, our revenue in year one was seven million, in year two was 17, in year three was 37, 60, 137, 226. We doubled the business every single year, uh, right. and when I doubled we doubled revenue we doubled warehouse sizes by moving five warehouses in five years double the amount of parcel shipped and 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 so on and that growing pains is crazy tony as you know it's like non-stop hiring non-stop find trying to find solutions for the next problems and uh, we suddenly found ourselves in 2010 and people announced us as uh, Hitwise uh, number one department store, the most watched, watched Australian uh, online shopping site. And uh, we suddenly found ourselves on, 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 on the cover of the BRW and making all those, you know, seal a list of top 100, top 200 of this. And uh, just out of the blue, we started getting phone calls from every single VC based in New York, uh, based in Asia and uh, based in Europe, uh, you know, a lot of Australian successful retailers and uh, high net worth individuals started inviting us for lunches and dinners. And at the end of the day, they all wanted a slice of the business. And I remember in, you know, one one month in sometime in 2010, someone valued us at 50 million. Two months later, someone else valued us at 80 million. Uh, someone else then valued us at 120, 150. The numbers just kept going up. And then we met uh, Tiger Global, uh, amazing VC based out of New York, that uh, valued, us, uh, valued us as $200 million. We obviously talk about that in the book. And it was a number that we couldn't say no to. And uh, we sold 40% of the business, uh, you know, and we took home $80 million. And that's how chapter one ends with the following words. Our life was never the same again. <laughs> it definitely changed our life forever for uh, many, many reasons, both in terms of business, both in terms of exposure, and in terms of um, you know my personal life and, and and all the benefits that come that come uh, with success. So did that? Um, it didn't stop your hunger. Interestingly, I know one of the things that people ask me with uh, with doing a capital raise. Well, now now that I mean. We've not taken money off the table like you have, but um, you know what? What are you going to? You're going to change your mindset. Are you? How did? You, do you talk about how that's still? Because you did. That still inspired you to be even bigger and bigger. It didn't like, oh well, I've, you know, here's forty million for you, Hezzy. Here's forty million for me. Let's buy the house. Let's buy the this. Let's buy that. And and basically, you could have stopped and you could have said, we're done. But it didn't. You kept on going. Look, we never sold the whole business. We only sell 40% of it. Uh, when VC come into into your life and business, uh, they have one aim to keep uh, to keep growing it, and uh, that's how Chapter Two uh, starts in the business with the following lines: 
uh, you know, Lee Fixel, the main investor, told us, hey, guys, you've done really well getting the business to where you got it. But from, from now, let's keep growing it in a big way. And what you need is rock stars. Rock stars is a term the American use for, you know, smarter people than, you, than yourself that will help you take it to the next level. And then we introduced a new CEO and a new CFO and a new head of marketing and so on and, uh, and so forth. And the message was, let's keep growing. And over the next, uh, you know, year and a half, we've launched uh, the following businesses. We've launched a business called Scoopon that played in the travel space that competed against Groupon. And we launched a business called Grocery Run that started selling groceries way before uh, Coles and Woolworths. And we launched a business called Mamgo that played in the mom and baby space. And we launched uh, the most successful business that we ever launched, a business called Eat Now, that uh, that basically brought uh, restaurants into an app and allowed you to order your food delivery, something that we all know and use almost on a daily basis right now. Uh, and we're all familiar with the market leaders, menu log, uh, Uber Eats and Deliveroo. So we've done some amazing, crazy things, even though we are very well known for uh, product and retail with the you know household brand name that we've built, Catch. Uh, but we've built, we've actually played in four different segments, uh, retail, services, food, and travel. And for that reason, I think this book will be very successful because it will be read by, if, if I'm the CEO of JB Hi-Fi or, or any of those, you know, companies that play in this space, I would force my workers to read this book during Christmas uh, and, and, and learn and, and learn from our successes and, 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 and mistakes. See, can you see, tell everyone, you can see that Gabby is a salesman. He is selling all the time. But just, I want to share with everyone. And, and we said the, the proceeds of this book mm. are going to charity, correct? Yep. We so we're, uh, we're not making a cent out of it. It cost me over $100,000 to write this book, Tony, between all the expenses that go with it. Every single cent is going to the following two charities that we like. Uh, number one is good360.org. Uh, uh, the reason we chose it is because it's in the space of retail and we are retailers. And the other one is uh, Second Bite, basically delivering millions of uh, meals every single day to uh, to needy families. And sadly, there's more and more of them right now, uh, you know, during the Corona period. Back to your point, Tony. Yes, we are always selling. We are proud sellers. We talk about it in the book in those exact words. And, uh, and, 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 and we'll keep on selling. Everyone needs to be a salesman, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, uh, book salesman, and, and, and certainly a retailer. <laughs> so when, when you catch up with friends that you grew up with um, yeah. in Israel or here yeah. or wherever, and they, they think of what you and Hezzy have accomplished. Um, do they just shake their head and go, I cannot believe that there was the two of you that did that? Or did they already see that in you when you were young? Like, and I say, I ask that question because my friends sometimes say, I cannot believe what you did with Booktopia because at school there was no, there was no like um, kind of inkling that yeah. I was the one that was going to, you know, go on and do this. In fact, you know, the least likely. So, what about your what about your circle of friends? What do they say? Yeah, look, Tony, we 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 started this thing very late. I I turned fifty uh, three weeks ago. So fourteen years ago, at the age of thirty six, I started selling online. Uh, it's not a young age. I mean, if you follow the startup scene, and we all do. I mean, today any nineteen year old can build a billion dollar business very very quickly. But interestingly enough, uh, roughly around that period of my life, they launched this thing called the internet. And uh, prior to that, I was I was a retailer working in my dad's business, something similar to a good guy's JB Hi-Fi store, selling televisions and cordless phones and fax machines and microwaves, just like the Die Straits song goes, you know. Um, and, and then they launched the internet and, and I was right there at the right place at the right time, not knowing that it is uh, the future. So, I don't know, we somehow, I feel that I'm, you know, a form of an accidental entrepreneur, you know. I was there at the right place at the right time, choosing the right model, but not knowing that I've chosen the right model. You remember very clearly, Tony, 2006, where, you know, when you mentioned online shopping, you got 
customers telling you, asking you the questions, is it safe to use your credit card online? And uh, when I approached suppliers asking for stock, most suppliers told me to piss off. Uh, and the main reason was uh, you don't have a physical retail space, so we don't want to deal with you. I mean, how laughable it is right now, Tony, especially as we've just experienced the period of COVID-19 and 2020, uh, whereby having a retail outlet uh, is, is, has become a hindrance for growth, uh, while e-commerce are absolutely thriving, flying, and, and, and reaping all the benefits of, uh, of the hard work. Uh, to answer your questions about my friends, I don't know, my close friends are still my close friends. I don't hang out with the rich and famous. So my close friends have seen that trajectory of growth uh, from me selling 10 products a day to selling 10,000 products a day. So it's been very gradual. So I think everyone sort of have accepted it. <laughs> I mean, Booktopia, I started that when I was 40 as well. So um, for anyone listening, um, it's never too late. And the one thing that I think with Booktopia, because I started it on a budget of $10 per day, and it was a little evening project. So very similar without any light bulb moment or great vision. But the one thing that I was able to do early on because of my perspective was identify the opportunity that others were not seeing. And, and I talk about that um, when I do my public speaking and maybe one day when I write my book is about having that three-dimensional perspective that you can see things, whether everyone else is seeing the world as flat, but you're seeing the world as spherical and you can see your, your viewpoint is is just it's just so obvious so did you have that as well in the beginning did you have that kind of like guys you, you can i mean you were selling it, you got feedback very quickly you started selling and then you started selling more your growth was much greater than ours in terms of the doubling and the doubling and the doubling we we did not achieve that in our category of books but the the you were getting feedback from your customers that you're on track but then just knowing that the opportunity was there did you was it was it really obvious to you? Look, we launched this business called uh, Catch of the Day in October 2006. We came up with a silly model of selling one deal a day. I remember going to our first bunch of suppliers, telling them that we are planning to launch a business that would sell one deal a day. And I think most of them probably thought that we are crazy. I mean, first of all, none of them understood the whole online thing. Uh, secondly, one deal a day at midday, one day you're going to sell a DVD player, the next day you're going to sell a pillow, the next day you're going to sell a battery charger. But somehow the model worked. People ask me many times, uh, Tony, why did your business succeed and, and, and while others in e-commerce did not? And my answer is always, uh, we are better buyers. So I think in our DNA was always always better buying and the ability to source product in, uh, in, you know, in a great way. Uh, there's a lot of retailers that would buy this book. And, and one of the message for the retailers that they all know is you make your money when you buy the goods, not when you sell the goods. And we managed to source products at cheaper prices than anyone else. Why? I'm not really sure. It's, 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 it's about who we are. I was the only buyer in the business for the first two or three years. I was driving in the van, knocking on doors. And when the doors were not open, I was going through the window. Uh, and then you find the third door and you don't take no for an answer. And uh, by this stage of uh, my answer, I forgot your question, Tony. But <laughs> the, the, I mean, the thing is about is knowing knowing that you're on track or off track, the, the feedback's coming thick and fast. That, um, and so you, you, you knew that you're onto something and then you continue to, I guess, go after it even more aggressively. But you move, how long did it take you to move from one deal a day to then multiple deals? Because that's what happened. It actually, it, it, was, it actually took about more than five years. And as I was researching the book and looking at old uh, pages and old emails, I was even surprised to see that it's taken us that long. But yes, some if, if you look at our, our pages in 2011 and 2012, we were still selling one deal a day. And uh, let me tell you, Tony, it was a lot of fun because it's very easy to pack 3,000 of the same product. And I know that on some days you will pack 3,000 of the same book, and hopefully it will be my book on the 1st of November. And that's very easy, simple, and, uh, and profitable. But uh, as you grow your SKUs and your range, the wider the SKU, the harder it is to pack, manage, 
And then you need uh, a much wider team, whether it's in marketing, customer service, warehousing, and so on. But uh, we found ourselves around 2012 or so uh, with such a large business and such a large following of customers that we could no longer find a single day, a single deal that will satisfy the hunger of, of our customers. And that's why we had to go sideways and we launched what we call events. Uh, events was, again, catch of the day on steroids, uh, whereby instead of selling one pair of shoes, we would sell 100 pairs of shoes or 500, uh, you know, electronic items and uh, and so on. Mm. So so when when you were on your journey, I, I know you've got a lot of it in the book in terms of things that that didn't work out um, and some of the, the war stories, which we all have. And people yeah. need to people need to realize that. Thing, when you're in business, things come out of left field that you didn't expect, that you didn't, you don't want, but they happen, and you ha- and you have to be able to say, bring it on, because if, yeah. if you don't, um, then it's just going to be a an exhaustive and painful journey. But things come out. What are some of the things that you really um, you've had to kind of overcome, endure, tackle um, along the way? Okay, so uh, one, one, one quick one that comes to mind, sometime around uh, 2017, this uh, business called Pumpkin Patch that we all know and recognize that sells uh, apparel in the space of uh, baby and kids went out of business, a 40-year-old New Zealand business. Uh, cut the long story short, we looked at the opportunity, we jumped on a plane to uh, Auckland, New Zealand, and, uh, and we bought the business for you know, a couple of million dollars. Uh, we mainly bought a database, and uh, you know we spent the next six months launching uh, and, and launching pump, re- relaunching Pumpkin Patch. Uh, what we didn't realize is that it was very, very different to what we knew. And what we knew until that day, and what we've been doing very well for the last decade, is buy end of lines and clearance of um, of, of of branded goods and offer it to the consumers at a lower price. Pumpkin Patch was a very different business because we suddenly had to go to China, design kids' clothing, manufacture kids' clothing, photograph kids in photography section sessions, and uh, while at the same time run a very successful catch-of-the-day business. And you have to build a whole new team uh, around it. Cut the long story short, Tony, because we don't have the whole day for it. It was a very big mistake. It was not who we are. It was not part of our DNA. And, uh, you know, I give us credit for realizing it within, uh, you know, shorter than 12 months. And we sold it to a New Zealand company called Easy Buy, a perfect fit for them. Uh, Again, we could have turned it into a successful business, but there's a line that uh, I like to follow is when you have 10 ideas, nine of them are normally the enemy of the one. And this was the enemy of of catch, because if I or the marketing person or the finance person needs to worry about pumpkin patch, uh, then then we are detracting or taking away from the growth of our profitable business. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really worthy lesson. We also bought a, a camera business in 2015 because I'm into photography and and you know that like the guy with the shaver, you know, I bought I was so impressed I bought the company. But in the end, um, that was Let's let's call it a learning experience, and we learned a lot. What we didn't, there were so many things that we didn't we didn't have to do the the deal about, you know, manufacturing our own, you know, children's wear. But but what I didn't realize, because in books, everyone is happy to sell their your their books. All publishers are happy to sell their books to anyone. It doesn't matter if you've got a, uh, you know, mind body spirit uh, business, um, you know, selling crystals. Whether you're a, a practitioner of healthcare, um. Every publisher will set up an account with with a business to sell books to them. In the camera business, um, some of the big manufacturers, uh, we're not so sure. We've got enough retailers. Thank you. Like, really? You don't want someone else to sell your product? No, not really. And we just, I just couldn't believe it. So it was after that that I realized we've got to get more into books. And so we became a distributor. So now publishers in Australia around the world have appointed Booktopia as their distributor, which mm. is, of course, a whole different thing because we're now selling to the the resellers, to the bookshops, and to other businesses, as well as to ourselves and to Amazon and so forth. So, and then we got into publishing. We got even deeper. So now authors are publishing. We missed out on your one, Gabby. I realize that, but um, we 
John Wiley got you, uh, but we are publishing books as well. And and so it was from the camera business that we learned a lot about what we do well and what we need to do. So very similar. So let's talk about your biggest um, your biggest success. Uh, eat now, because that that's really freaky. That's an entrepreneurial, um, you know, like put your money down and, and get, you know, and and win the hundred million dollar lottery ticket with with very little. You guys did even better than that. Um, that that's quite that was quite freaky. It's, it's like one of those things. The time was right. Um, menu log, or there was a bidding war that went on to buy that off you, and you had. There was a three group. There was a group of three investors, which you and Hezzy were one of of those three. Um, it it how 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 did that happen? And can it ever happen again? Um, to have sold a business that had been going for under three years for eight hundred and fifty million dollars. Yes. So uh, we spotted the opportunity. Well, I mean, one of the things that we talk about in the book is that you always have to keep reading following uh, following your industry and seeing what's going on. And we spotted that food delivery is hotting up around the world, in Europe and the USA. In Australia, there was only one player. It was Menulog, and they started probably seven or eight years prior to us. In 2012, uh, we launched a company called uh, Eat Now and started growing it uh, in the Australian market. Uh, Within uh, within a couple of years, we were second to Menulog, who were still obviously leading the market and, and, and doing really well. We talk in the book a lot about uh, keeping, uh, keeping your uh, enemies uh, close. And we're always in uh, relationships with, uh, with our competitors, whether it's Menulog, whether it's Adam Schwab, whether it's uh, Russell and Kogan. Uh, and, and so on. And um, you, you've seen me at many conferences and I shake hands and I move around, and um, and we're just nice people that people want to hang around, uh, hang around. And um, it's a very long story, uh, Tony, that we could have written a whole book just about that. But in early 2015, the companies of uh, Eat Now and Menulog merged and became one company. We took 30% of that, uh, you know. Uh, slice and menu log uh, kept 70% simply because of the size of our companies. What happened then? We suddenly owned about 95% of the food delivery in Australia. Can you believe it? And imagine it today. Uh, just to put it in perspective for the listeners, uh, both uh, Deliveroo and menu log have not entered the market nor launched at that time. Uh, as soon as we merged, there was a bidding war because uh, all the Amazons of food delivery from around the world wanted to get, uh, you know, the Australian market. Uh, and the business got sold only four months later to a company called Just Eat from England uh, for the silly price of $855 million. Uh, the BRW reported it as a sale at a multiple of 371 times EBITDA. We still scratch our heads every single day and we don't really understand, uh, you know, how it happened and why it happened to us. But, uh, you know, we talk in the book about uh, needing to kiss a few frogs and uh, pumpkin patch was a frog. Uh, but at the end, when you kiss a few frogs, you end up finding your princess. And our princess was uh, was the eat now menu log transaction. <clears throat> Crazy, hey, because that, I mean, if you think about all the effort and energy that you've put into catch, um, and and what that sold for, which was still yeah. very handsome as well. But for for the you know for the run that Eat Now and then the Menulog merger got, and how that was how that came about was was really um, uh, unexpected. Uh, Not only one of the reasons that we we're able to launch other businesses like Scoop On that later on merged with Luxury Escapes and Grocery Run and. Uh, and pumpkin patch, and of course, it now is because we've built an amazing incubator at Catch. And when we launched Scoopon, we basically went to the Catch audience and told them, "Hey guys, you like buying products from us? Here is a very similar business that will sell you uh, services and discounts on restaurants and entry to your local lunar park and so on." So we relied on this amazing machine that we've built, amazing marketing machine that we've built, uh, in order to launch. Uh, 
businesses in various verticals. So, for example, Booktopia could launch a whole new business in a completely different vertical simply because you are shipping today, Tony, 20 or 30,000 parcels every single day, and you've got a captive audience that you can, you, you can divert in various directions. I'm giving you a business idea, Tony. Thanks. Well, if you want to invest, um, you better get in quick. <laughs> um, okay. the, well. the, that, that's an interesting one because... Um, we know we have a lot of data. We actually know at Booktopia whether someone's about to have a baby, whether they're into fly fishing, if they're thinking of traveling to the Kimberleys, um, if, they're, if they're learning a language, if they want to write a book. Uh, we know so much about our customers, but we've not, we've not done much with that. It's just sat there. So you're right. There is a lot of data that organizations have as part of what they, they do as business. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you about then, though, for entrepreneurs, with all that, um, with all that money coming uh, to you and Hezzy, um, just in terms of uh, your own personal um, mindset or values or beliefs, do you do you see in others that they um, sabotage that opportunity? Uh, they they could have had what you guys have. Do you have a certain kind of mindset that goes, look, um, I'm going to attract that kind of abundance to me um, because I think a certain way um, versus others that um, don't. Is there anything that, and I know you, you you talk much about, you know, look, I'm just a salesman. I just sell stuff um, and I don't even think about those things. But did you, from your observations, have you noticed a difference in the kind of people that end up being successful? And for the listeners here and those that buy your book, they need to perhaps go on a personal um, internal journey perhaps reframe themselves if, if abundance is going to come to them? Look, I mean, the billions of books have been written about uh, the way to define uh, what an entrepreneur is, you know. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we see ourselves as, you know, accidental entrepreneurs. But I'll, I'll take it back to our childhood. And in the book, we talk about how everything started at the dinner table. You know, my father is an electronics uh, engineer. And he was always some kind of a trader. He was buying secondhand cars, refurbishing them and selling them for more. He was selling electronics through a retail outlet. And in our dinner table, we always remember talking about how to make money. I don't know how to describe it in any other way. We never talk about, uh, you know, the tennis results or sports even though I'm uh, I'm a soccer fanatic and my two most favorite topics is soccer and uh, retail, it was never discussed at the dinner table. So we grew up at a very entrepreneurial house. My brother studied six years uh, chiropractic medicine and uh, he started, uh, you know, practicing. And after six months, he just realized that it's not for him. It's simply because he's got that entrepreneurial gene in him. I'm not going to stop here, Tony, because we can go on forever to try and define what an entrepreneur is, and there's lots of uh, you know lots of ways to describe it. But again, some people think that it's uh, it's part of your DNA and you're born with it, while others will tell you that it's something that you can you can uh, learn. But it's a combination of so many different things. But um, you know, I'm proud and happy yeah. that I got some of it, and we, you know, we all got some of it which, uh, you know, has turned our uh, life and taken it in different directions. I, I understand that, but I think what I'm um, alluding to in terms of the difference between those that um, can accumulate significant amount of wealth versus just being very busy, making a lot of money and spending it all and and having and, and, and the difference between those two, because, um, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, his... His poor dad was a professor at a university and worked for a wage. Uh, he wasn't entrepreneurial, but his best friend's dad was. And and there's there's a difference between even when you start your own business and you're working, you you feel like you're entrepreneurial. But if you're not accumulating assets and accumulating wealth, then all you're doing is paying yourself a salary to to work and 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 not have someone else to tell you what to do. Have you do you feel that? Um, when you go to conferences and you talk to other people, that there is a certain kind of um, you know, be belief or, or trait that that person's going to actually make something. They're going to actually convert their their idea and their entrepreneurial business into something of great value 
um, because sometimes it feels like to me people sabotage that they they stop themselves from you know, with kind of like with the eat now menu log deal like it just kept getting in the negotiation in the the auction it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I know you've told me that it went like three times more than you guys thought it would go for um, and you know lucky lucky for all of you guys but do you feel like there's something that um, that you have that others don't have um, that's an important thing to, for people to think about and contemplate in terms of making sure that if they're going to put all that effort in and create something that they're also setting it up that they, it's, money's going to come to them? Look, it's, it's, it's a bunch of things. I don't know if I want to touch on a few of them. I'm, uh, I'm a very curious person, Tony. I'd like to learn every single day. I spend so much time on social media. I spend so much time reading the financial review. I follow news all around the world. And I, and, and I think that uh, l learning is, is very important. We talk in the book about uh, what luck is. And luck is Hebrew is the word mazal, M-Z-L. And we say that M stands for Macomb. Macomb is a location. You need to be at the right location. You need to go to conferences. You need to shake hands. You need to move around. We talk about the Z in Mazal. Z is man, which is timing. Timing is so important. Uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes it's about getting the timing right, and sometimes it's about getting the timing wrong. And the L of Mazal, the Limud, which is learning. It's about learning. It's about educating yourself every single day. Curiosity is something that's very important. Of course, it has to mix with hard work. You cannot go to work from nine to five and expect to build a very, very successful startups. You sit there at midnight, Tony, and you think about how to grow your business. And so do I, even in my so-called retirement. I cannot stop. It's who I am. It's part of my DNA. We always think about problems and we always think about finding solutions to solve those problems. It's who we are. It's way past the monetary uh, benefits of it. You know, all I spend every morning is $5 on a coffee, Tony. I don't need any more than that in life. My life is quite simple. I have my car and I have my house and I don't know how much money I have in my bank account. Uh, so if you, you know, once you get to a certain stage, it's, it's, it's about the excitement of building something from nothing that uh, wakes us up in the morning and the, and the knowledge that you want to solve, uh, you know, uh, uh, some form of uh, a business pain and, and, and succeed in it. So if I can, if I can feedback and, and the way that I'm processing that and for the people that are listening uh, to this, uh, I think many of us aspire to have even, you know, a tenth or a quarter of the wealth that uh, Gabby and Hezzy have accomplished and, and we'll all be doing very well. The way that it's come across to me, and I think this is really important, is that the money is not the destination. Absolutely. The money, the money is, a, is a milestone along the journey and it may change the direction of the path that you get to take. You may get to take the high road or the low road uh, based on how much money you have, but it won't make you happy. It won't, it won't um, fulfill all, all of your life. And in, in many ways, for those of us who, who are married or who are in relationships or have been in relationships, it's very similar. The wedding day is not, um, is not the, you know, the day, it's not going to mean that the rest of your life is going to be perfect. You have to work hard on your marriage. You have to work all the time. You've got kids, you've got other things, you've got family, friends. So it's interesting, I think, for all of us to realize that the money um, and talking about someone who came from, honestly, you didn't come from nothing, but you, you didn't, you, you started your business with nothing, um, and and that um, it's it's not just because you made it and there's a payday that that it doesn't all end there. It just continues on and perhaps in a different way. That's I think that's really important for all of us to to consider and to think about because if we get obsessed about this big payday destination. Um, then it's going to be very unfulfilling, and potentially it could all it, it could all drift away if that's what it's all about. Yeah, Tony, we we talk about the book about the concept of uh, you know David versus Goliath, and we talk that we much we we've enjoyed being David a lot more than being Goliath. And when we sold the business, Catch was already a Goliath of industry. And I'll be honest with you, in my last two years at Catch, together with my brother, 
we didn't really do that much. It was already a big monster. It was uh, moving really fast. It was a boat that's not so easy to uh, to steer anymore. And I think we much enjoy, much more enjoyed the early days of starting something and having that uh, and having that challenge uh, and fun of being a David in a world of Goliaths. Mm. And you know, it was the same with Booktopia, I believe, because there was always have that Goliath of Amazon uh, in your uh, rear view mirror. But, uh, you know, congratulations to you, uh, as they say, uh, you know, with the, with the growth of Amazon and with the arrival of them in the market, it's given companies like Booktopia and, uh, and, and Catch even a greater push uh, to be able to become, uh, you know, a lot more than we've uh, ever imagined. One of the things um, that I share with people um, is that when when... Amazon hadn't come to Australia yet. It was maybe four or five years ago. So it'd been a couple of years before. There was no word of them coming, but I, I knew that eventually they would. And I, I did my own research and I, I went around the world, either digitally or even while I was traveling to some of the book fairs and, and wondered in an Amazon mature environment in North America and Europe, what was it about those companies that made them do well? And everywhere I looked, it was because they focused on one thing, and did that really well. And it was at that time when I realized we needed to offload the camera business, get into distribution and then into publishing uh, and be more about books because that then uh, bonded us with our customer base. And and I think that's one of the things that Catch has done very well. You've, you've been, been very easy over the years for consumers to, to identify who you are and what kind of service you provide. I know uh, you've said it and I, and I repeat, um, from what you said on stage and some of your public speaking events at conferences, and I'll try and do it in your own accent. Uh, what we do here is we we sell shit at prices people can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my Gabby Levovich and yeah. um, impersonation. Yeah. Um, but it's it's true. It's it's like you sourced. You said it earlier. You sourced product at an incredible price, that meant the value proposition. The product was still of of need and and was good. It just, at a really good price, it tipped everything over. And that's, I think, as budding entrepreneurs, we, we all need to be thinking about what is it that consumers want? Where's the value proposition? And, and how, can we, how can we make that happen for them? Tony, Catch, catch grew on the concept of uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, we launched products at uh, midday and we had thousands of people and millions of people waiting at midday to see what today's deal is. Uh, in many cases, the deal sold out within a day, within four hours, within an hour, or within 20 minutes. And those that missed out basically said to themselves, shit, you know, I'm going to come back tomorrow and make sure that I'm going to see what tomorrow's deal is and I don't want to miss out on it. I'm very proud to say that in our first five years, Tony, we didn't spend a single cent on marketing. Our marketing was basically word of mouth, people telling their friends about the latest pair of shoes or toaster or DVD player or whatever it was. People love showing off to their friends, uh, you know, the, the latest bargain that they uh, managed to uh, to track down. That that idea, though, is, even though that's where you started and and when it kind of kicked off, that that's still a compelling offer. Why why do you not do that anymore? Which one? The uh... you know at twelve o'clock, you know, the deal is coming out and everyone's waiting. Um, that's still a compelling offer. It, but it, I know you got bigger and bigger. But um, but that's still. I think everyone would like to still have the opportunity. You know, I have to agree with you, and we we've tried to introduce it uh, on a num number of occasions over the years. But again, I think the ship was already so big. Uh, the truth is, you know, Gabby and Hezi, the, the the drivers of strategy, got to a point where we just, you know, I wouldn't say didn't care as much, but you know, didn't work as hard as as we should have. But look, the business, uh, you know. Uh, the business moved on to, you know, bigger and better things. And I'm sure that it will keep on growing under the stewardship of uh, of waste farmers. Will it be the same catch or catch of the day that we've built? Most likely not, Tony. It will turn into something else. But the brand is very strong. The audience is there. The machine is operating. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud to say that we've built a business that will be here for, uh, you know, many, many years um, to say that hopefully my grandchildren will be uh, will be buying and, uh, and and using in the future, so we'll forever be known as the you know the founders of Catch, and uh, you know sadly 
and happily it's not our business anymore <laughs> maybe maybe you might have to do a Kerry packer and buy it back off west farmers because they've stuffed it up and you come in and do an, do an Allen bond um like like you you were not in australia i don't think at that time but basically yeah. you, you may have heard the story where where Kerry Packer sold Channel Nine to Alan Bond and then bought it back for like a tenth of the price that he sold it for, or something like that. Sure. Everyone knows the Alan Bond analogy, and uh, who knows? Time will tell. But as I mentioned a few times on this podcast, we love retail. Uh, retail, it's part of us, and you mm. know, uh, you just know that we'll be doing something else in the future. <clears throat> yeah. So, look, it's been so wonderful, Gabby, to have you on Plugged and Unplanned, and congratulations, Gabby's new, Gabby, and has his new book catch of the decade and 200 nuggets for entrepreneurs. And even if you're not an entrepreneur and you, you maybe want to be an entrepreneur one day, why not get the cheat sheet? He's, he's gone through all the, as they, as they say, tourists, all of the, the agony and the, and the ecstasy, it's all there written in the book for you to, to fast track. Um, congratulations. And, and it's all to a worthy Cause, two, two worthy causes, Put360 and Second Bite. Uh, all the proceeds are going to, to uh, two very important charities. So, Gabby, thanks again for coming on the show and, and muzzle tov on your book. Thank you, Tony. It was an honor and a pleasure. And I'll always remember my first book podcast with Tony. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Gabby Leibovich, entrepreneur, comma, author. <laughs> all, the, all the best. Thank you, Tony. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au